How many of you got exactly what you were hoping for for Christmas? Well, it seems like a lot of expectations were not met this year at Christmas time, apparently. How many of you have expected the new year to be better this year? Okay, I see hands going up everywhere across the room. You know, expectations are very interesting, aren't they? Did you know that expectations can bring great joy in some of the deepest pain? Because think about problems you've had in your life. They usually stem from two things, communication or unmet expectation. Communication or unmet expectation is usually the source of just about every conflict you can trace it back to. Whether you had an expectation that wasn't met or somebody else had an expectation that wasn't met, and some of those expectations are due to a lack of good communication. But expectations, as we look at this new beginning, this new year as we are approaching it, there's a lot of expectations that we may have. We have things like losing weight. Anybody here want to join me on, on, on a, a, a yeah, praise God, I'm not alone. I need to lose a little, because now, I don't know what happened, but during the Christmas holidays, there's not supposed to be any fat or calories in anything that you eat, but apparently, after Christmas, it's like four times as much, and when you eat something, it just, it just all makes up for all the missing calories during the holiday season, and I really want to lose some weight, so I'm expecting myself to do something that's going to be beneficial for me. I'm expecting to go on a mission trip in 20. 23. I'm expecting to go to Nepal. I'm expecting to get the passports for my kids in time so that they can go to Nepal. There's a lot of things that we expect in our life. We expect to be here in this building a year from now. But can I tell you, probably somebody in this room will not be. Boy, that sounds like a downer, doesn't it? Gosh, pastor, you just took that to a dark place. But the reality is we have expectations for what tomorrow may hold. But what happens when those expectations are connected to a God that we believe is going to do nothing but good? And if it's not good, it's not from God. When we have those kind of expectations, I have to say those expectations are not placed on the God of the Bible. Pastor, why would you say that? Well, when you look in Scripture, you will find that God works in the good and the bad. That God uses the enemy to bring judgment upon those who are not following after him. We see that in the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, it's, it's very interesting because in, in the minor prophets, there is a prophet named Habakkuk. I just like to say that, Habakkuk. And Habakkuk asked God, God, you're a holy, great, powerful God. Why would you use Babylon, the Assyrians? Why would you use those kind of people against your own people? And that's a great question. Because we have expectations of God for this year and expectations of ourselves, But let's make sure that we can get it within the biblical confines. I'm not here today to impress you, to make you feel like you're walking on air. I am here to equip you today. I'm not here to inspire you, but to get you to a place where God will work within you to do a great work for you. So today, I don't know what your expectation was as you came. If you came to be inspired by the pastor, let's take that expectation off the table. I'm going to disappoint you. 
Because my goal is to equip you. So we're going to be in Micah chapter 5 today. Micah chapter 5. It is a minor prophet. It is in the Old Testament. Some of you may have to look on your table of contents, and that's perfectly fine. Micah is so small, it's hard, hard to find. It's easy to miss. Micah is called a minor prophet not because of content, but the length of what we have from him. Minor prophets are just shorter than major prophets. Major prophets just have more writings in the Old Testament than minor prophets do. So when I say Micah is a minor prophet, it does not mean that Micah doesn't say anything that isn't major. It just means that his book is smaller. You got that? I want to make sure I equip you with that today. So we're in the book of Micah. Here's what's going on in Micah's time. Micah is seeing kings who are not following God. Micah is is living under three different kings who have set up idols, who's trying to please the Assyrians, the Babylonians, anybody who is in power. The Egyptians, if anybody comes by and they seem to be stronger, bigger, and tougher than they are, they're going to conform and do everything they can to make them happy. It's almost like whenever you've got a bully on the playground... And you want to do everything you can to keep the bully happy so the bully doesn't bully you. That's what's going on with these kings. They are trying their best to make everything just, just a melting pot. Let's have all these idols. Let's worship these other gods. Let's, let's push Yahweh to the side because we want peace in our land. We don't want to be taken over by these people. So let's do them a service and be like them. But God had called them to be different And by conforming to the world, they were not conforming to God's holy plan for their life. They had turned their back on God's will for what he had for them, simply to follow what people and to please them. So hopefully none of us are in that position today where we're trying to please people more than we're trying to please God. But these kings were doing that and the people were following. And Micah is in a situation where he's seeing a society fall apart without a holy and living God. I want us to look in, in, in Micah chapter 7 because this is very interesting as we read this because he gives, us, he gives us a view of what is actually happening in his society. He begins chapter 7 verse 1 with, Woe is me. Do you understand woe is me is I'm grieved, I am hurting, I am just, I am in anguish. Woe is me for I am like the fruit pickers, like the grape gatherers. There is not a cluster of grapes to eat or a fruit ripe fig, first ripe fig which, which I crave. That's a tongue twister. What he is saying is if I was to go gather grapes... It would be like going to get grapes and there's none on the vine. It's like going to get the figs and the figs are not there. I am looking around for something and I'm not able to find it. What is he looking for? Check this out. The godly person has perished from the land and there is no upright person among men. All of them lie in wait for bloodshed. Each of them hunts the other with a net. Concerning evil, both hands do it well. The prince asks... Also the judge for a bribe. And a great man speaks the desire of his soul. So they weave it together. Do you understand what's happening in his society is that there are people against people. There is evil. Uh, People are so accustomed to doing wrong that it's just coming natural to them. Both of their hands are involved in doing sin and bribery and doing wrong. And it just seems like there's nobody who's righteous. Well, you know, I, I was... 
privy to a conversation this morning. I heard a conversation talking about as we get older, we find that there's less kindness in this world during the holiday seasons. When you're a child, all you think about is the toys and you think about Christmas and, and, and how jolly it is for Santa and how jolly the family is. But when you go out into the world and you stand in line for just a little while, you find out just how unkind people can be. You can find out how unkind people can drive. Can somebody say amen with me this morning? Because, I mean, I'm telling you, what we have in our society is unkindness, and they're seeking to get theirs, and you get nothing. Is that just not the case? We have a place where it's all about individuals rather than other people. Jesus said to love God and to love others. But what our society says is to forget God and look out for yourself which is completely the opposite of what God has called us to do. And this is what's going on in Micah's society. He's looking and there's people trying to destroy other people so they can get ahead. They're taking bribes. Verse 4, the best of them, check this out, the best one in the room, the best one you can find is like a briar. Anybody here like briars? Anybody just plant briars at your house because you just like briars just so much? You put them in, in your flower bed. You put them in your garden because, man, you just love to reach down there to get that tomato and grab hold of a briar, don't you? No. Micah is saying, the best one I can find is like a briar. We know briars are not good. They're painful. They hurt. The best one. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright like a thorn hedge. The day when you post your watchman, your punishment will come. Then their confusion will occur. See, Micah's making clear there's a judgment coming. Remove God, judgment comes. Verse 5. Listen at this. It has gotten so bad, Micah says, Do not trust your neighbor. Do not trust in a neighbor. Do not have confidence in a friend. From her who lies in your bosom, guard your lips. Micah just said, be careful what you say to your wife. Be careful around your friends. They'll stab you in the back. Be careful when you go out in public. They're looking to destroy you. Your neighbors are not not out for your best interest. That's what Micah is saying is going on. He's living in a circumstance, in a society, in a world that seems to be falling apart without God. Even his own, your own wife. Be careful what you say. Verse 6, for son treats, for son treats father contemptuously. Daughter rises up against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. Anybody here want to go live in this place? How many here actually believe you're living in this place at times? I mean, you've got families, you've got neighbors, you've got people who seem to be out for only one thing, and it's them. They only think that the only way to survive in this world is to look out for number one, and that is them. They are, you can't trust them. They're out, they will stab you in the back just as quick as they'll look at you. We got people in the world like that. But Micah's living in a society where that is just so prevalent. Families have fallen apart. Do you understand what Micah is saying? Families have fallen completely apart. You can't trust one another. Families are out to get one another. 
So what in the world is a person to do in a place and in a world that looks like it's an absolute mess and falling apart? Whenever the expectation is that your neighbor is going to stab you in the back, you can't trust your wife or your kids, you can't trust your mom or your dad, what is a person to do? What are you to expect? Well, let's see what Micah says. Whew, I like this. This is where it gets good. This gets good, Rebecca. Check this out. But as for me, I will Here's the first thing I want you to understand. Micah has a resolve, and I want us to really lean into this for a few moments because this will prepare you for 2023, whether it's good or bad, whether things get better or things get worse. Regardless of society, God is still going to be God. He's going to be the same God, and there's some things we can resolve in 2023 that will set our, our path and set our feet and set our eyes and set our mind on a pathway where we can find hope in the midst of absolute chaos. So here's the resolve. Number one, we can see this in chapter 7. Write this down. But as for me, I will. You know what Micah's saying? I will choose. I'm going to make a choice. I've got a choice to make and I'm doing it. Regardless of what's happening around me, I will choose where I look. I can look at all the problems happening around me, or I can look at something else. You know, some people look at a glass half full or half empty. How many of you would say you're a half full kind of a person? How many of you think you're a half empty kind of person? How many of you think you're, it, the glass is half empty and somebody's going to have to wash the crazy thing? Who got it out of the counter anyway? All right, thank God that there's some, some honesty in here. There's a, a wife going, yes, that's him. That is definitely him. Here's the thing. We have a choice what we look at, what we perceive, what we look for. We can either look at the waves, at the trouble. We can look at our economy. We can focus in on the politics. We can look at the, the, the gun violence and all the, the disarray of our moralities in our society. Or we can stop and say, but as for me, I will look. Look at what, what he does. Look, but as for me, I will watch. That's looking that's having a perception. That's being intentional. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I love the New American Standard using the word expectantly. See, Micah is saying, I have a choice to make, and I'm making the choice of where I look. I'm not going to look at the mess. I'm going to look at the one who can handle the mess better than I can. I'm not going to look at the bills that are due. I'm going to look more for God and see what He's going to do. See, not only will I choose where I look, but secondly, I will look for Jesus. Look at what he says here. I will watch expectantly for the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is Yahweh, the name for God. But check this out. I will wait for the God of my salvation. Now hold on a second. The God of my salvation, who carries the name the God of my salvation. If you were here in December, you better know this. This is a pop quiz. First name we talked about in December, about come to know him, was the name of Jesus. That's absolutely right. Thank you guys for encouraging me this morning and everybody knowing that. Jesus means Savior, the God of my salvation. So here is Micah saying, I will wait 
I'm going to look. I am absolutely going to be intentional to see where Jesus is at. See, our problem is, is we keep looking at where all the problems are. We keep looking at where the issues lie rather than the one who can take the issues and fix those issues. We spend more time talking about the negative than we do the positive. We spend more time talking about the mess in Washington than we do praying for the mess that's in Washington. Amen? Come on, somebody, help me this morning. We spend more time talking about the problems with our neighbors and how, what they're doing rather than taking them to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. Micah has resolved something in a society that has come down hard to say, God is not wanted here. You keep God over there. We've got our own gods. We're going to live our own life. And it had gotten to where people couldn't trust one another. Let me tell you, when you remove God, not only do you remove trust in God, you remove trust in each other. Because no longer... Are they being guided by God, but they're being guided by their selfish desires, their own morality. But here is Micah. He's saying, in the midst of all this, I'll make a resolve. But as for me, I will, not I might, or I'll try, or I may. He says, I will. Let me tell you something. There's some power in the word will. There's no doubts. There is absolute resolve to say, I will watch. You know what watch involves? Waiting. That's why these two things are definitely together. I will watch and I will wait. And do you understand that watching and waiting involves something that we all need to have more of? Faith and trust in God. We have too much trust in ourselves, in our family, in our friends. God forbid we have trust in the government. We, ourselves, must trust in a holy and living God if we are to see anything happen of any positive movement in our life personally in 2023. So Micah is there. I could almost see him standing by himself. No one to his right, no one to his left, no one behind him and no one in front of him. He simply stands and say, but as for me. But as for me, I will watch. I will wait for the God of my salvation, which is Jesus. So here you go. Look for Jesus. I will look for Jesus. I may see Jesus. I can try to find Jesus. No, I will look for Jesus what Micah, in essence, is declaring. And that's what I want you to understand today. If you can resolve these three things that I want us to talk about, then you are going to find 2023 giving you some encouragement. You're going to find yourself defeating an enemy that wants to destroy you. Because he don't want you looking at and looking for Jesus. He don't want you to resolve alone to stand and say, I'm going to look for Jesus. He wants you to look at the issues, the problems, the trouble, the rejections, the bad news, the hurt, the pain. The more the enemy can focus your mind and heart on the pain, the less you can allow God to take that pain and do something great with it. We have to take that to Jesus. 
Look for Jesus in the midst of it. Check this out. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. Betsy Child Howard says, Waiting exposes our idols and throws a wrench into our coping mechanisms. It brings us to the end of what we can control and forces us to cry out to God. God doesn't waste our waiting. See, the problem is, is we begin to wonder, is God even here? Is God even working? Is God even in our society? Where is God in Washington? Where is God in our, our, our economy? Where is God in my family? Where is God in, in my bills? Where is God? Where is God? I don't see him. Where'd you go, God? But what did Micah say? But as for me, I will watch. I will wait. I will look for Jesus. See, there is a perspective change right there that will radically change your life. Instead of looking for the issues and the problems and where God is not, look for where God is. What is God doing in your life? Life in the midst of this circumstance, this situation. But here's the word I like. Here's the word that gets me excited. Expectation. Did you hear what the New American Standard uses here? But as for me, I will watch expectantly. Do you understand what that means? That means I'm not just looking for God. I'm looking for God to do something. He's about something. See, our, our thinking is God will show up and do something great. I got news for you. News flash. Write it down. You're going to love this. God has already showed up and he's already working and he's doing something. You're just not seeing it. He's already in your circumstance. He's already working with those, those moments when you don't have enough money and those moments where you don't understand how you're going to reconcile these issues, how you're going to fix this, and how our society is. God's already working. We don't have to wait to see Him fix things before He shows up. He's already there. See, that's what Micah understands. In the midst of all this mess, God is still present and He's still working. The problem is, sometimes we don't, we don't see him. Ooh, dare I say we don't want to see him. Because we don't want to believe God would use something bad. We want to believe that the God we worship is only going to bring good things and there's only going to be great things happen. But I got news for you. God is a God beyond your imagination. And he can do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything you could ask or think. He can exceed your expectations. And he can take the vilest of vile evil and use it for good. Why would he do that? Because he's God. How in the world can God use the trouble in my life? Oh, he can. I got news for you. He's doing it right now. The thing is, you've just not been looking for it. Maybe you've not been seeing it. But he's doing something in this very moment. Whatever's happening, whatever's troubling you, whatever's pulling your soul down and your soul is downcast, he is working something out. What is it? But here's the beauty. I love what Micah says. He says, I will watch expectantly. I will expect 
him to be found in all circumstances is what Micah is saying. Not some of them, not in just a portion of one of them, but in all circumstances, he will be found. Ladies and gentlemen, regardless of your circumstances, God can be found there. Whether good or bad, God can be found in your circumstances. The question is, will you see it? See, what we look at is what we will see. See, it's like Peter when he got out of the boat. He was the one who said, Jesus, if that's you walking on the water, bid me come to you. And he got out of the boat and he began to walk on the water. And he kept his eyes on Jesus. And as long as he was looking at Jesus on the water, he was walking on water. But when he looked around and started seeing the waves... He started seeing the problems. He began to sink. And when he began to sink, he began to cry out. Don't miss what else Micah says. Look at this. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Let me tell you something. That is trust. That is faith. God will hear you. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God will hear you? Micah did. Micah believed in prayer. Micah put right in the middle of all this prayer. He is crying out to God. He is saying, God's going to hear me. I may not be able to see and he may not do what I'm expecting, but he's going to do what's best for me. Can you pray that? Can you believe to a point and trust God so much that you would say, God, you might not do what I want you to do, but I know you're going to do what is best for me. And you know what that means sometimes? God will give and God will take away. The blessings will come as well as the hardships. See, the God of the Bible doesn't just work to bring you blessings, but He works to make you like Christ. That is His goal. That is His purpose. That is His drive, is to make you like Jesus. And when we can understand, like Micah did, God will hear me when I pray, when I cry out to Him, He's going to hear me. He may not do what I want, but He's going to do what's best for me. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to expect God to work. See, that word expectation has a lot more power than you think. If you're expecting it to rain, what are you going to do? You're going to prepare for rain. If you expected over the holidays for it to get extremely cold, what did you do for that? Anybody here beside my son go out in in shorts? Uh, I hear you, I hear you. I mean, sometimes you just, you just got to stay in the shorts regardless of the weather. But I got news for you. That's not how I prepared for it. I expected it to be cold, and you know what I did? I talked to, to Chad and a couple other people, and I said, what would you think about this? Jackie Chronic and I, about five years ago, had to deal with a busted pipe in the kitchen here in this main building of the church. It flooded everything. It was a mess. And you know what? I didn't want to do that again. And I was expecting it to get as cold, if not colder, than that was. And so I said, hey, I got this crazy idea. Let's turn off the water. 
So we did. We prepared by turning the water off to all three buildings. Why? Because we expected it to get really cold. Why did I expect it to get cold? Because there was a level of trust from me on people who knew more than I did, who could see things I couldn't see, who actually could tell me things that I did not even know was real, that there was some cold weather coming. And so I trusted and I had faith. And I said, you know what? I'm turning off the water. At least if a pipe busts and we turn the water on and it starts spraying, we can turn that sucker off. We don't have to deal with all that water everywhere. Praise God, we had no pipes bust the last three in the three buildings. Yes. But when we know something is coming and we expect something to happen, we prepare accordingly. What are you preparing for? Are you preparing like you're expecting God to be working in your circumstance? Are you preparing as if God's going to do something great? Or are you sitting back going, well, I'm going to wait for God to really put a neon sign in the sky and He fixes this. When He cleans it up, then I'm going to see God. Whoo, you better not be putting God in that kind of a box. He will explode that box. In fact, sometimes, like that lady said, God will put us in a position to wait to expose our idols and our coping mechanisms that, that does not have anything to do with Him. And we have to wait. And let God deal with that in our life. So let's finish up here. But as for me, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. He's saying, I will trust in His power, His presence, His provision. Verse 8, do not rejoice over me, O my enemies. Boy, I love this. See, I'm, I kind of like sports. And I really get excited when it comes to like competitions, especially football. And I love some smack talk. I love, love it when you're confident and there's some courage. Listen to what Micah is saying here. Do not rejoice over me, O oh my enemies. Don't you get too excited about what's going to be happening to me. Because check this out. My enemies, though I fall, I will rise. Though I dwell in darkness... The Lord is a light for me. See, he is declaring a resolve that in the midst of a mess, God is going to be his focus. He's going to be looking for God. He's going to be seeing where God is working. He's going to resolve that he's going to be praying and God's going to be hearing exactly what he says. But he's going to be trusting in God's power, his provisions, and his presence. This morning, I want you to know this. And this is very personal. This is real. God is working in the good and the bad circumstances of my life. The good and the bad. Somebody say good. Somebody say bad. God is working presently in the good and the bad in your life. And I venture to say, if, if I was to poll 10 people in the room, 10 out of 10 people would say they got good things and bad things going on in their life. God is working in the good and the bad circumstances of my life. My resolve must be to see it. Rather than seeing the mess and the problem, we must resolve to see God at work in the midst of the mess and the problem. See, the church has gotten so distracted, we're missing what God is actually doing. We've gotten so distracted on what we think should happen, 
we're missing, missing out on what God is actually doing and what is happening. God will work what is best for you and I, not what we think is best for you and I. Romans 8, 28. Anybody want to quote it with me? For I know, that sounds pretty confident, right? For I know that God, what? Works all things, come on, together for good to those who love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. Okay, I want to tweak your thinking just for a second because when we quote that verse, we think about the end result, don't we? For I know, man, this is tough. But God works all things together for good. Eventually, there's going to be good in this. At the end, when it's over, there's going to be good. Let me tell you something. For I know that God is presently working good in the midst of your mess. That God is doing something right now that you may not even be able to see. Even though you're seeing the trouble, God is right there in the middle of it. Even though you see 2023 and there's challenges, maybe you haven't even realized what challenge you're going to be facing in 2023. We have no idea what this year's going to bring, but God does. And you know where God's at? God's already there. He's not going to have to catch up with it. He will not be surprised by it. He is not surprised by what's happening in your life. Right now, God is presently working in the good and the bad stuff in your life. We cannot departmentalize God and put Him in a box and say He only does good stuff over here, that He will only do the right stuff. Listen, God is never doing nothing. God is never doing nothing in your life. God is not going, whoop, I totally forgot about Brian. Poor guy. He hurt his foot. Man, I missed that one. God is not in heaven doing that. God is working in Brian's life with his wife. That was an interesting slip of the tongue. God is working in his wife with his foot messed up. God is working in Brian's life with his foot messed up. God is working in all of our lives. You know what? There's a truth in that tongue slip. God is not only working in your life, but the lives of those around you as well. What's happening in your life and what God is doing can be affecting those around you in ways you cannot even see it. Sometimes maybe you may have to wait and endure and deal with something because God is doing something in someone else's life. But here's the deal. Instead of only looking for the solution, Micah's saying, I'm looking for the Lord. I'm looking to see where he's working. I resolve to keep my eyes focused on what God is doing. Now, I'm not here to tell you that things are going to be rosy in 2023. I'm not here to tell you things are going to be great. Because, you know what? Some of it's going to be just plain ugly and awful. I'm just going to be real. Some of it's just not going to be, be encouraging. It's not going to make you happy. But can I tell you, God is going to be working in the middle of it. God is going to be there when you get there. He's going before you to prepare you, to prepare the way. And when you get there, He's going to work to do something greater than you ever thought possible. Pastor, do you really believe that? Ephesians chapter 3. 
to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything we could ask or think. And if he can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything we could ask or think, to me, that's some pretty big expectations. That goes beyond what I can even expect or dream God can do. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, get that resolve in your mind that I will choose what I look at, that I will be looking for Jesus Christ, and I am absolutely expecting God to be in the midst of what's going on in my life, the good and the bad. Here's what you do with this. This is how you put it to action. You choose. You hear me? Write this down. What must I do? Choose to see God's fingerprint in every area of your life. Every area, our flesh only wants to look at the negative, wants to look at the bad. Our flesh wants to put God over here while the the conflict's going on right here. We want to leave God over here at church and with the Bible, but over here in the conflict, we want to just go at it and take somebody's head off. I got news for you. God is over here in the conflict just as much as He is over here in the church. Who? Where'd that come from? And God said, in whatever you do, do it in the name of Christ. Why? Because he's already there. Don't think because it's bad, God can't be glorified. Because God can work right in the middle of it. God can do something inside of you and through you you never thought possible. If you'll just simply rely on him. So here's your seven day challenge. Seek the answer to this question. Seek means diligently look for. Try to find the answer to this question. Where or how is God working in my greatest challenge in my life? Whatever that challenge is, what is God doing? Where is He working in that? Seek the answer to that question and you know what you will find? Jesus. I can promise you, with all the confidence that I have, God is working right now in every circumstance you have. I want to read again. The resolve, the absolute confidence that Micah has in the midst of when everybody else wants to live their own life, live their own morals, live in a mess, and their families are distraught and things are terrible. Micah steps to the forefront, out in front of them all, without any any worry of what anybody will say. And he says, as for me. As for me, I will watch with expectations on my tippy toes for the Lord. I will wait because I trust And the God of my salvation. My God's going to hear me. He's going to hear when I pray. He's going to hear when I'm in trouble. He's going to hear when I hurt. He's going to hear when I rejoice. He will hear me. And all the enemies and all the troubles and all the bills and all the pains and all the, the people in this world who wants to look down on me, those who want to destroy me, let me tell you something. I may fall, but I will rise up. I... I may dwell in some darkness for a while, and it may be dark in this society, but you know what? The Lord is my light.
in the midst of all the darkness that is around me and happening, the Lord is going to continue to be my light to dispel the darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm absolutely convinced if we took those two verses and made them our staple and resolve for 2023, our lives would be radically equipped to face whatever the enemy wants to throw at us. Because we'll no longer trust in ourselves, but trust in the one who has defeated the enemy already, God himself. You pray with me, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the resolve that Micah had. That despite the circumstances and what was going on and how dark the morals had gotten in the society and how dark the families had become and people trying to destroy one another and kill each other and, and how terrible things had gotten, he declared that everybody else can look at all the bad. Everybody else can look at the issues and the trouble and the problems. But as for Micah, he said, God, may that be our resolve. May we rise up to say, I, as for me, I will be looking with expectation to see where God is working in every area of my life. It may hurt, may not feel good, but I resolve to see God working in the middle of it. Lord, you will not disappoint. You will hear us and you will do great things. Lord, today, for those who are here, God, those who are listening, I pray that you will work in their hearts. You, maybe you have brought something up with, with someone in their mind. The Holy Spirit has spoken to them today to get them thinking about something that, Lord, they've been focused so much on the negative, they're missing where you are in the positive, that you're doing something in the middle of it. Lord, your work is not simply in the removing of something. Your work is in the midst of something. So God, I pray that you really do a mighty and powerful work this year in our hearts to resolve to see you in every good and bad circumstance, to see your fingerprints on our life. We love you, Father, and we thank you. Lord, if there's someone here who does not know Jesus Christ, Lord, it's going to be hard for them to see they're not going to have that spiritual insight. So God, I pray today that maybe that's what you've been trying to get them to see is that they need Jesus. So Lord, today I pray that if you are convicting their heart right now, Lord, I'm just going to say as you're convicting their heart, I pray that they will ask you to forgive them and take over their life. Lord, I pray right now they'll surrender their life to you. That God, they will look to you for all things. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.